Welcome to the Habits of the Few, where we discuss habits, rituals, and mindset tactics that you can use to reach your version of success. And now, here's your host, Mona Bolsi. Thank you guys for joining us today. Today's guest does not need an introduction. He is a man that I have been following now for, God, I mean, let's see, I'm 34, I would say the last eight or nine years now. Um, so truly, 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 truly honored to have him on here. Um, anyone that is striving to become an entrepreneur in the fitness industry, hell, just fucking life, being a dad, understanding responsibility and business and strategy. He just is raw, real, straight to the point. I, I loved every minute of this um, interview. So without further ado, please allow me to welcome Mark Lobliner. So basically, you know, I didn't really want to get into this industry. It was never a goal of mine. I think one of the stupidest questions I ever get is how do I get into the supplement industry? It's a stupid question. It's like, yeah. how do I get in the makeup industry? How do I get into the auto parts industry? How do I get into the restaurant industry? You need to find a job. Like you go in the supplement industry as a CFO, you go in the supplement industry as a mailroom attendant, as a janitor. You know, I love when people classify a job as an industry. I don't see that much in any other industry, maybe entertainment, maybe cosmetics, but people look at the industry as a job. If the industry is not a job, it's an industry that houses its own jobs, right? So health and fitness, there's so many, what are you, a trainer? Are you a nutritionist? Are you simply a participant? Like, what are you? And I think that's where people get a little, you know, just confounded, just confused, is that they think that this industry is inherently a career in and of, in and of itself when it's not. Right. This industry is simply an industry like any other industry, and that doesn't make it any different or special. It's a niche is a niche is a niche. You know, you're competing in a niche industry. And that's where I think people go wrong. Um, when I started my career, I was in publishing at Weeder Publications, which happens to be a fitness publication. But yeah. where I saw my most success was when it was bought by American Media, and I got to really spread my wings and work on the National Enquirer, the Star, Media and Espanol, Country Weekly, all these magazines as basically ad sales director before the age of 24 for a large group of uh, magazines. It was an amazing experience. And you know, but in that time, I did work on, I helped, you know, I was there for the launch of Muscle Fitness Hers. I worked on Muscle Fitness Flex, Men's Fitness. And so I got involved in the fitness arena. And I was, you know, I went from being, you know, a football player to a powerlifter to a model to later on a, a bodybuilder after I started it. But I never once had any goal of owning a supplement company. Um, my original goal was to be a lawyer because I'm Jewish and that's just what Jews do. And, um, <laughs> My mom was like, you're going to be a lawyer or a doctor. And if you're really, and if you're not smart, you'll be in sales. And so I went into sales and um, it ended up working really well for me. Um, but honestly, you know, it wasn't a goal of mine to, I mean, I, I was a trainer to put myself through college. I got all the certifications. I got the A certification at 17 years old. I never had any inclination of any of I'm going to be in the supplement world, but you know what? It, it kind of fell onto me where after I left Peter at American Media, I was able to parlay that into starting my own brand. That's awesome. I think it's, uh, 
think that's like the biggest misconception with people is that success can, especially now more than ever because of social media, particularly Instagram, particularly in the fitness industry, quote unquote, um, where, where it's like, Hey, just do a bunch of crazy shit, start getting a lot of followers. And then, uh, you know, start drop shipping and white labeling like your products or whatnot. What was it? What would you say is the most, most difficult thing about starting a supplement company and, starting, and succeeding and succeeding with it? The same as starting any business is turning a profit. Right. I think that's the, that's the number one. I mean, 94% of businesses fail. And I believe I would state that it's a little bit higher in restaurants and maybe gyms. Um, restaurants for sure. That's a bitch of a business. Um, yeah. You know, but here's the thing, the, the toughest part about staying in business is figuring out how to make money. You know, a lot of people look at, oh man, I'm selling this product for $50. They don't realize that even if you make that product for $5, you have overhead, you have to replenish inventory and increase it if you're growing. You have employees, you got this, you got that. You got a little thing known as taxes. And taxes will fuck your world. There's a business partner of mine, I'm not gonna mention yeah. Very close to him, you know who he was, my told who he was. And we first started working together. We were we fucking started crushing it. Because I own other businesses outside of what I own. We're killing it. And taxes came. He's like, whoa. Because he was 1099. Right? And uh, it, it, it shocked him. When you look at what the government takes from you, it's fucking it's, criminal. It's stupid. Um, on the first part. Secondly, but it's fine. We know that going in. Like when I started a business, I knew that as an S Corp, I would be taxed on my inventory. Even in the first couple of years, when Katie and I are bringing in 50K a year, I'll get dropped with a $250,000 tax bill for my inventory. More like four times more than I make. Mm -hmm. um, that is America. And it's still the best system in the world, but it's still fucked up. So not only do you have competitors to worry about, you're fighting your own government. Yeah. Unless you pull a Wesley Snipes, just don't pay that shit. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you have so many things trying to take you down. Right. That it doesn't matter if it was a supplement industry, a makeup industry, a shoe industry. Doesn't matter what it is. At the end of the day, if you start a business, best. I have to. I'm, I'm rambling, but the best advice I ever got was my my father-in-law who passed away. Um, I had a, a I had to do a project for college. And he owned a security business in Culver City, California. And I remember I asked him, I said, Tim, first question, what is an entrepreneur? Without hesitation, he looked at me and said, an asshole. He's right, 100%. Anybody who thinks they can be one of the 6% to make it is a fucking asshole. Yep. My wife just, my wife sits across from me. She's like, yep, she, she heard that, you know? Dude, I get called an asshole like at least once a week. <laughs> once a week? <laughs> you gotta step up your game. Well, that's because I get called a bitch almost every day. Okay, that works. That yeah. works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So sweet, man. Yeah, it's 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 really fucking tough. How you know a little bit of the psychology aspect? How the fuck do you keep doing it? I know we're wired a certain way, but what what makes you think? What kind of crazy thoughts go in your head that makes you like persevere through all of that shit going on, going towards an uphill battle? I, I think I'm just an idiot. I think I think um, business people, owners are stubborn. Um, if you've ever read the book Relentless, um, Relentless from Good to Great to Unstoppable, um, mm. amazing book. I recommend it to everybody listening to this podcast right now. Um, basically, if you're really good at something, you're so focused on greatness that you fuck everything else up. And I think my main strength is my biggest weakness. 
And that's the fact that I'm hard headed. I won't give up. And I always have a chip on my shoulder. I'm always trying to prove someone wrong. Mm. And, and I think that in the process, I almost destroyed my family, you know, um, just, just because, you know, you're so focused on hitting that goal, whatever that goal is for Tiger Woods, it was becoming the best golfer for Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, best basketball player. All those people are divorced. Um, and there's a real, well, Kobe made it um, somehow. Close call though. Yeah, Kobe, Kobe paid a lot of money at that. But mm. no, I mean, I think that there's no such thing. If you're, if you're so focused on being great, there's no such thing as balance. And it's almost, it's, it's something that there are a few people who could do it. Um, Hewlett Packard, Hewlett, the Hewlett part of it. He was able to maintain tremendous balance. He's, just, he's, he's, he's a legend for it. I mean, the guy used to get leave work at 5 p.m. He'd be seen at the hardware store, you know, picking up stuff for his projects at home. He encouraged marriage in the workplace. I mean, the guy, really? was just, he was amazing. Like, I need to look him up. Lived, made billions of dollars, still lived in the same house, same house when he got married as when he made his billions. The guy is just an exemplary human being. So... Is there a book that you read or is this like a doctor? This was, this was, um, I read this in a book, but okay. unfortunately for the sake of this conversation, I read so many books right. that I can't cite it, but no I can't. Worries. I'll, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. I'm just making a note of it here. Well, there's, there's more Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett's yes. the same. Yeah. He still lives in the same house. And he, he, so he drove the same Cadillac for 12 years. I think it was 11 years until his daughter complained that it embarrassed her. So he got a new one, a $65,000 caddy. I believe Zuckerberg at Facebook drives a $55,000 car. Yeah. Um, there, there's, there's, no, there's a direct correlation between... They, they don't spend... See, and Steve Jobs wore the same fucking outfit every day. Uh-huh. Because he didn't spend his mind thinking about what he's going to wear. He spent his mind thinking about the next fucking iPod. Right. So to be great, you almost have to, dude, and look at Howard Hughes. The guy wouldn't shower for weeks. Einstein, his hair was fucked up because he had no hygiene. He was retarded in every other area of life except for being a genius. Yep. So to be great, you have to sacrifice. And that's why I always say, I say this to my wife all the time, I envy those who can work a nine to five job. I envy it. I, I envy that. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I'm the most miserable human being on earth. Agreed. I've tried it. Drove me insane. <laughs> it's not good. No, no. That's why I think by the time I was like 22, I had like I can't I can't count how many on my fingers how many jobs I had and I would quit because I just yeah. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Um, I was a good. I like being an employee. You did. Because I love the inner office drama. I thrived on it. I always tried to get people fired. I was was perfect for corporate America because for me, it was like a chess game. You know, I loved it. I loved it to death. And that's why by the age of 23, I was in upper management, you know, Um, working for a company, making more money than I deserved because I was able to, you know, I I, I looked at it as my own business too. I don't think a lot of people can empathize and put themselves as the owner where I did. And I got paid rightfully so. I, I earned that company a lot of money. Let's talk about that a little bit because that that's a big misconception. I've got a lot of younger brothers, right? Who who are, you know, they're they're in a place right now where they're they're comfortable, right? So they're they're too comfortable, and because of that comfort, they they even though they aspire to do things like they see me, they see their dad, uncles, whatever, because we're all entrepreneurs, 
and they have this mindset that, oh, I can just do it, but they're too comfortable. And I think one of the biggest things is, I really love what you touched on, is that you, you, you had the perception and you looked at it from the perspective that it was your own company, even though you yeah. were an employee for that company. That mindset shift is huge. It's huge. When you start treating it like your own organization and company, everything changes. But what does the most of the people do? Clock in, they clock out, they're done, their brain shuts off, they don't give a shit, right? Yeah. Well, so, and there's a place in society you need those people. They're, they're, who else is gonna, who, who, who's gonna do the jobs that we don't, we can't do when we're, look, I've shipped more orders on Black Friday. I've shipped, when Salvation started, I was in, I was in North Carolina palletizing things. Look, I've, I've done my fair share of grunt work. Every Black Friday, I take my whole family out, we ship. There's nothing wrong with those jobs, but I think right. the mindset, I, I wish everybody, even from every level, from janitor on up, um, had the mindset, not like, we, we had one guy, and I remember my, I wasn't there, my partner was like, hey man, you know, what do you got, well, I got nothing, I, I'm not, I got nothing going on right now, he's like, okay, cool, can you do this? He's like, well, that's not my job. He didn't last very long. Yeah. Um, I wish everybody just, look, when you work for an organization, like my daughter plays soccer, there was a girl on her team the other year, she's no longer on the team, the coach wanted to put her at uh, left wing, she played for it. Like, I'm not going in if I can't play four. He's like, sit your ass on the bench. My daughter, if she ever did that, she'd be out of soccer. She wouldn't play. Where does my, what position do you, ask my daughter what position she plays. She'll say wherever they put me. That's what you do in an organization. You go where it makes the team strongest. Agreed, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I'm a coach. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a coach, you know. It's like, I look at things, sports for me is a metaphor for life. It's a team sport based on strong individuals. Sure, basketball's a team sport, but I sure as fuck want LeBron or Michael on my team. Fuck yeah. You always, you always need that leader, right? Yep. You always, is that your doorbell or is that mine? That's me, that's my, my wife got it. Oh, okay. Um, cool, uh, just a couple things before I get you off. Um, I wanted to talk about, if you don't mind, a little bit of, um, because we, so, so my demographic, I would say about 60 to 70% are like early to mid 20s so guys and gals that are interested in either wanting to start a business entrepreneurship or restructure their brain so that they can create these new habits that can lead them on to success whatever it is career yeah. whatever but i also have a good out of that 60 70 percent i would say about 42 percent um are really into the fitness industry they 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 like anything that has to do with fitness whether it be health wellness and, and then I would say half of those people, which are the men, because, um, you know, I've got Dave Tate on here. I've got some other like fitness guys and they seem to really, those are like my highest rated shows. So I just yeah. want to talk about, because I know it's going through their head when they're going to listen to this. They're going to say, I want to know about how I can go from where I am to where I want to be from a physical attribute standpoint. And, and I think I think there's a lot of misinformation on, on gear, on testosterone, on supplements, on yeah. on all that shit. And and I really value your opinion. Like you fucking just cut and dry. This is what it is. This is what it isn't. I wouldn't mind if you if you would mind giving me just a couple minutes on. Hey, listen. This is this is the reality. This is what it should be and what it shouldn't be. And this is why you should or shouldn't do it. Well, I mean, here's the thing. First, you got to identify your goal. If you're small, you want to get big. You got to work towards that. If you want to get yeah. smaller, you got to work towards that. Another thing is, Rome wasn't built today, and you damn sure can't build your body in a day. And another thing is, you're not Phil Heath. Why do I say that? Because you're not going to look like Phil Heath no matter what you do. Right. You can be the best you that you can be. And sometimes you can't polish a turn into a diamond. 
You know, you can polish that turd all you want. It's just going to break down. It's going to be a better looking turd. But at the end of the day, you're still a turd. You know, my body, I did the best I could with it. How do you do that? Incremental gains over time. You know, you're not going to get in. Stop looking at this 12 weeks to the best me and blah, 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 blah. Work towards a long-term goal that you can adhere to. Now, as far as steroids are concerned, I don't think most people need them because it's not something that's sustainable. Let me explain. Unless you're on a doctor-prescribed HRT, but if you're producing your own testosterone just fine, you don't need it. You know, it's basically to bring you back to normal level. But the problem with steroids is you go on and you look really fucking good. Then you come off and you look really fucking average. Then you go on and you look really... So you're in this constant state of emotional, mental, and physical flux, which is not only unhealthy for your body because weight fluctuations aren't good for you. I don't care what people say. Another thing is that you look at the emotional state. Like, you're looking fucking jack tan and all sexy and shit on the beach. And then you come off cycle and boom, you look like shit again. You're soft, you're losing your gains. That leads to mental anguish, you know? And also, let's just be real, it's not healthy. And most people that I've seen who can't maximize what they're doing without steroids, steroids aren't going to do anything for them. Mm -hmm. They're going to look like a, again, see, like, if you were to do everything right and you're a turd, you're going to be a healthy, better looking turd. But if you are a turd and you take steroids and you're not optimized everywhere else, you're just going to look like a big bloated turd. So I think, you know, the, the goal is to keep things in perspective. What is the return on investment for that? And look, I've never met anybody natural who's not able to look at least decent after years of work. That's another thing. This whole like 12 week thought process, that shit ain't happening, man. Like you look at the great bodies, they've been working out for years, mm-hmm. years. I'm talking years. And there's some genetic freaks out there. But granted, if they're asking you that question, they're not a genetic freak. How do they know? Because if they were a genetic freak, they would have been like Phil Heath. He quit playing basketball. Within two months, he was fucking on on stage just blowing everybody away because of his beautiful muscle bellies. Mm-hmm. And I hate to keep using Phil, but I was around at Weeder when Phil came up. And I remember them. I remember they were like, what the fuck is this? And they, they you know, I'm not even into it. They, they call him the gift because of his beyond genetics, but how he responded to everything that he threw at it, be it the training, be it the so drugs. Quickly. What's up? It seemed like it happened really quickly. Well, because he is a genetic freak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're not. I no. still practice basketball every day till the day I die. I'll still not be able to jay. Like like, um, like LeBron, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. There's some inherent genetic gifts. And bodybuilding and how you look, especially like, look, if you got, if you're narrow, you're going to be fucking narrow. If your calves are weak, you can make them better. Like my calves are weak as fuck. They look pretty goddamn good now. They didn't start that way, but I'm 38 years old. I've been working on them bitches for like 25 <laughs> years, bro. This is 25 Straight fucking up. years of work. This Straight is older up. than your average listener. Straight so, up. So that's that's my cut and dry physical. Is just be patient and stop looking at someone else. Stop. I, I hate when people go, you know, I have people come to me that hire me as a coach because I do coaching, and they come to me and go, I want to look like this. They send a picture, and then I see their picture, and I'm like man either take some hallucinogens before you look in the mirror or or uh i mean it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen so you gotta, just, you gotta be the best you that you can be in everything i'm not gonna be able to program computers to be as smart as bill gates but there are some things i could destroy bill gates in, um on a business side he's the best there is at what he does so find what you're good at and become really fucking great at it
That's awesome. That's the best advice. That's a perfect way to end it. Uh, I do want to ask a couple things at the end is what's, what's a book that you would recommend everybody to read? And I think you said that already, which was good to great. Well, that's a good one. Um, dude, I can go on for days on a business side, anything by Al Rees and Jack Trout, Trout positioning, um, 22 immutable laws of branding, 22 immutable laws of marketing, marketing warfare, all tremendous, tremendous books. Um, if you're a coach or a parent, talent is overrated by by Jeff Colvin. Awesome. Absolutely fantastic. Talent is overrated. I keep three copies in my basement at all times just in case I need to get into something. Um, but those are a good thing. Basically, if you're a business guy, Al Rees and Jack Trout must read. Um, again, from a sports side, good to great to unstoppable. From a mindset side, from a, uh, a from the side of as far as developing humans and children. Talent is overrated. Phenomenal book. I'm gonna read that one. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's phenomenal. It's it's the most underrated book, and every coach should read it. And I've given it to all my fellow coaches at Campton United up here in St. Charles. Um, again, those are tantamount. What really separates world class performers from everybody else? That one. Yes. Sweet. It is. It it will it will blow your mind. It will blow. It blew my mind. Do you use it with your kids? Oh, everything, everything I do, I, I take, for example, my training methodology, I'm an Exos Phase 3 high school trainer, um, but their weight training portion I see is lacking. So I take bits and pieces in all parts of my life. Like I like listening to everything. I like yeah. my wife gets, I read books, I listen to books. I'm, I'm just a knowledge addict. And, and Most I think successful people usually are. I think everybody, and, and the thing is like, for as far as raising my kids, it's, a lot of it's you can't you can't cookie cutter it because for example like my son is my 11 year old son is a phenomenal player he's always been undersized he worked his way up from third team to first team but he's emotional so if mm-hmm. i go at him hard he's gonna break down and cry and probably hate me the rest of his life my daughter however if i don't go hard on her she thinks i'm being easy on her because she sucks and then she gets mad that I'm not being real with her because she's, we call her the ice princess. She just, she, she just, does, she likes, like her favorite coach at the club is me. Like all the nice guys, she doesn't respond. So you got to kind of, you can't cookie cutter your kids. They're all different. Agreed. Sweet, man. Well, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to do this. I will be promoting it everywhere. Everyone's going to be listening to this. So if there's anything that you want, where can people find you right now? What's the best place? Honestly, anyway, you, you found me on Instagram at Mark Lobliner. YouTube is The Tiger Fitness. Any social media site, Mark Lobliner. Um, that's good to go. Tigerfitness.com. Sweet. Uh, that's where I sell out of my stuff. Season five. Sweet, man. That's it. All right. You can find me in the club. Oh. The soccer club. But that's it. There you go. There you go. Man, I've been in the club in eight years. I'm old. Uh, well, that's that's that, that's my joke, the soccer club. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm too old for that, man. Yeah. I'd be that creepy old guy. Yeah, just in the corner with the beer. <laughs> yeah, just trying to look cool with your beer. Yeah, you see, I've seen that guy. Yeah, I have too. They're creepy. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> All right, brother. I appreciate you so much, man. Stay in touch, yeah? Likewise, brother. You take care, man. You too. Bye-bye.